Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16. And while you're doing so, children, you may be dismissed to young disciples. As you've noticed in your bulletin, we have for some time uh, been talking about God speaking to us. And I know from talking to many of you and also just from what you've indicated in our services that many of you are experiencing in some new and fresh ways God's voice in your life speaking to you. Whether they are words of comfort and encouragement or correction or direction or cleansing, or repentance, or whatever the words might be, isn't it good to hear the voice of God in your life? Isn't it good to interact with the Lord and for Him to personally speak into our lives? And He still is continuing to speak. And even though we will be moving on from this topic as such, I just want you to stay in that posture this year of just asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you are speaking to my life? What is it that you want to say to me, to, to motivate me, to encourage me, to direct me. And as we continue to seek to hear the voice of God, God loves to talk to his children when they're looking and listening for him. And so I just encourage you to stay in that posture in your life as uh, the Holy Spirit continues to speak. We've been learning that the Holy Spirit speaks in different ways in our lives, and the symbolism in Scripture and the imagery in Scripture talks about some of those ways, and we've been learning about the Holy Spirit as water and how that water comes to refresh us, and the Holy Spirit, oftentimes when he speaks to us, it encur- he encourages us, he refreshes us, he renews our passion for him, he he brings us back to the truths that we've known all along. He, he refreshes us. Sometimes the Holy Spirit works in our lives like a fire. And a fire we talked about weeks ago has the power to refine, to make strong in us what is of value and to remove from us the things that are only temporal, the things that are only temporary in this life, the things that are are sinful within us. And so the Spirit of God has the work of fire within us to strengthen us and to purify us. And last week, we talked about the Spirit being like wind and how Jesus had that conversation with Nicodemus. Talked about the Holy Spirit being like wind and the Spirit comes to bring us into a born-again experience and how important it is. In fact, Jesus said, you must be born again. It's a necessity to be born from above. And the wind of God affects our lives just like the Spirit of God comes as the Father wills him to come to breathe new life in us through the new birth. And so as I finish these messages today, I want to draw our attention to Acts 16, if you're there. And we know that Acts really is titled in most of our Bibles, Acts of the Apostles. And yes... The apostles are doing great and mighty acts. And if you ever read through Acts, and I encourage you to do it because it'll stir you up to read the awesome and powerful things that happened through the Acts of the Apostles. 
But the great actor of the book of Acts are not the apostles. The great actor in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's doing it. The, whole, the apostles are just yielded. The apostles are just tuned in to the Holy Spirit. The apostles have an ear to the Spirit through prayer, and so they become the ones through whom the Holy Spirit moves and acts and works. And we see a lot of magnificent things in the book of Acts. We see healings, and we see miracles, and we see demons cast out of people. And we see what happened to a couple who decided they could lie to the Holy Spirit in chapter 5 of the book of Acts. And so the, the Holy Spirit is doing awesome things in the book of Acts. And I believe today that the book of Acts is continuing to be written. The book of Acts didn't close at chapter 28, and now we move on. That was nice. The Holy Spirit did something there, and now we're in a different dispensation. Oh no, we are in the Holy Spirit dispensation. The, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that moves in the book of Acts wants to continue on in us and through us today. That's pretty exciting to think about. You mean the Holy Spirit of God who did the things in the book of Acts is still interested in working through the church today? Oh, absolutely. In fact, and I've said this before, we need it. The church in America needs the fullness of the Holy Spirit to do the work that God has called the church in America to do. We can't do it in our own strength. We're not strong enough. We need the Holy Spirit active and working in the body of Christ today because it's only in his working that we're going to see people come to know Christ, that we're going to see people delivered from addictive behaviors, that we're going to see people freed from sin, that we're going to see healings, we're going to see miracles, we're going to see the things that happen in the book of Acts. The only way those things are going to happen is if the Holy Spirit of God infuses the church once again and pours out the Spirit of God on the church once again and raises up the church once again. Because as this world turns downward, the church should be facing upward. The church should be moving upward. The church should be advancing, not moving into a corner and going, Oh, Lord, we're just going to stay here till you come. And I hope it doesn't get too bad because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what island I'm going to move to. Oh, no, the posture of the church that Jesus is coming for is described in Ephesians 5. And I am making for myself, the Lord said, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or blemish, an overcoming church, a beautiful church, a church that stands out, just like the bride stands out on her wedding day. Everybody knows who the bride is on their wedding day. Everybody. I mean, the groomsmen might look handsome. The groom might look handsome, the flowers might be beautiful, the church might be decorated wonderfully, but the minute the bride steps into the center aisle at the back of the church, you know who the bride is. In these last days, Jesus says, you will know who my bride is. You will know the radiant bride that I am creating, and that, my friends, happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about um, Acts chapter 16, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, which begins at verse 16, but I want to set this story up for us. It's a familiar one. And the reason that I chose this story is because we can see the Holy Spirit moving through two of God's men in the book of Acts. 
And we can see the Holy Spirit doing some pretty astounding and powerful things through them. And I want us to be encouraged by what we see. Because you know what? Paul and Silas are no extra special people. God says he doesn't respect the positions and the places of people. He's no respecter of persons. So if Paul and Silas were in a place where God could pour his power through them and use them in such a a mighty way, guess what you and I are? We can be in that same place. So I want to talk about the story and what led up to the place where Paul and Silas had found themselves. The background of this story that starts in verse 16, if you want to follow along as I'm talking, Paul and Silas are on their way to prayer, which is their regular rhythm. They were regularly going to the temple to pray, and they were doing that this day, and they encounter, they see this slave girl. And this slave girl is making a lot of money, for she is owned by a man. Now, we're not looking here at a picture of prostitution. We're looking here at a picture of divination. We're looking here at a picture of a girl who had given herself over to demon spirits, and out of, those, out of that motivation, out of that unction, if you will, from that demon spirit, she's crying out, and she's following Paul and Silas. And wherever Paul and Silas were moving and ministering, there she was, because the scripture says that she had been doing this for many days, and so she had been following Paul and Silas. And what she was saying was interesting. As you look there in the scripture... She's she's crying out these words. These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. You might say, okay, what's wrong with that? Because she was continuing to repeat this over and over and again. These men are the servants of the Most High God, indeed, who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, if you take that phrase and do a little digging there, it really wasn't translated with the right article. The article there that's used is the way. And we have a tendency to think it's the way, when really she's saying a way to be saved. So the first thing we take issue with is an incomplete or an imperfect message. And then secondly, what's wrong with this? Well, the source of what she's saying comes from demon powers. The devil knows who Jesus is. The devil knows the Bible. He probably knows the Bible more than you or I know the Bible. And he can take portions of the Bible and speak them up for his purposes and for his agenda. So it's not only important what is said, it's important who is saying what is said. And so Paul turns, and we see this in the verses, he turns and he casts out the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, the girl, I'm sure, was glad to be relieved of the spirit, but the owner was mad. Why? Money. Money was not going to be possible anymore because the spirit that controlled this girl was gone. And so that infuriates the owner, and the owner steps in and grabs Paul and Silas and takes them. And the scripture says in the NIV, they they are drugged or they are dragged to the magistrate, to the authorities, and throws them in front of the authorities. And by then the city is in an uproar, and the crowd joins in in the attack. 
And so here's a big riot going on, and here's Paul and Silas in front of the magistrates. Let's pick up the story in verse 22. Look with me. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, maximum security prison, and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were complaining and griping. I mean, were praying. Are you there with me? Okay, just I was just checking. Make sure you're awake. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all woke up. I'm sorry, at once, the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourselves. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them, Men, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and the whole family was filled with joy because they had come to believe in God. Pretty amazing. You read this story and you just admire Paul and Silas. Cool guys. I mean, really. Awesome. Beaten and flogged and stripped and wounded and and humiliated publicly and, and, and thrown into prison, maximum security prison, in stocks, in pain, you know, bleeding and wounded, able to sing, able to pray, violent earthquake, salvation, 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 salvation. Woo, what a great story. You know, you take stories like this in the Bible and you lift them up and go, cool, awesome, and terrific. Wouldn't I have loved to have been, if not a fellow prisoner, Paul and Silas themselves. And we lift up Paul and Silas as if they were astounding men. And you know what? They are astounding men. But today I want to lift up someone else that caused Paul and Silas to be able to do what they did. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Why were Paul and Silas doing what they were doing? It wasn't because they had fortitude and will and intellect and desire and and endurance. Oh, if they had any of that, my friend, it was because the Holy Spirit of God was living so big in them that the Holy Spirit moved through them. And they just had a little jailhouse salvation right there with the jailer and his family and his household. So I want to lift up the Holy Spirit to you today because lest we look at Paul and Silas and think, oh, I could never be Paul and Silas. I mean, there was one Paul and Silas. Oh, but there's one you. And there's one me. And what is it that the Holy Spirit wants to 
do in you to exert his power in you and through you that's similar to what happened with Paul and Silas. I want to bring three points to you this morning from this passage, and the first one is this. The power of the Spirit's agenda. I want us to see in this passage that the Holy Spirit had an agenda. The magistrate had an agenda. I'm sure Paul and Silas had an agenda. I'm sure the jailer had an agenda. I'm sure all the people in this story had an agenda. But I want us to be able to lift our eyes above the natural and see that the Holy Spirit of God had an agenda. I want that to bring comfort to you today because just like the Holy Spirit had an agenda that day in that jailhouse, The Holy Spirit is working out his agenda in your life, too. Isn't that good news? The Holy Spirit has an agenda going on for you, and he's working it out. And even though the Holy Spirit's agenda wasn't unfolded until later in this event, it didn't mean he wasn't at work. It didn't mean that he wasn't establishing the things that he was going to do. He was. Let me just encourage you today. If you don't see the Spirit's work in your life, don't be discouraged. Our seeing of him doesn't make him real. Doesn't make him credible. Doesn't mean that he's working, oh, because we see him working. Oh, my friend, the Holy Spirit is working in your life, oftentimes unseen. Unseen. And so it was here with Paul and Silas. The Spirit's agenda includes very bad days. Let me just encourage you with that one. The Holy Spirit doesn't walk along with you and go, Oh, great day, I'm here. Everything's just moving along, and you're seeing my blessings, and things are going really great, and here I am, it's really a good day. Oh, a really bad day. Well, hmm, I don't, I don't do bad days. You know, I, I, I withdraw from the bad days, you know. Here we're seeing that the Holy Spirit's agenda in your life includes the bad days. God doesn't remove the good days and say, that's where I work in the bad days, you're on your own. He's involved. He's weaving and using even the bad days in your life to be part of his plan and his purpose for you. It was really a bad day for Paul and Silas. Look at verse 19. That little paragraph, if your, if your Bible's broken down that way, here's, that, here's a little bit of a list of the bad day. Seized, dragged, all done in public, crowds attacked, stripped, beaten, severely flogged, thrown into prison, an inner prison, a maximum security prison, feet in stocks, stocks that were made with many holes so your legs could be forced through at various angles so that it would be painful pretty bad day. Has anyone had that bad of a day? Okay. The worst of our days in light of this can be viewed as pretty simple and pretty mild. I would say Paul and Silas were having a bad day. Here the Spirit's agenda we see not only includes very bad days, but very bad days in the middle of obedience. Why are Paul and Silas there? Because they're casting out a demon in the name of Jesus. They weren't just going for a walk in the park and somebody just looked at them the wrong way and decided, oh, those are those preacher boys. Let's grab them and let's imprison them. You know, they weren't out just for for a walk. They were doing the work of God. They were confronting an evil spirit. 
that was connected to a money-making scheme, and they interrupted that. They were doing the work of God, and it threw them into a bad day. Have you ever had a bad day in the middle of obedience? You know, I'm, I'm obeying, I'm doing what God's asking me to do, I'm, I'm being faithful, and I'm moving toward God, and bad day. Bad circumstances, bad report, difficult times. You know, things aren't going just well. The, the, the job's not working out. The money's not there. You know, family issues right in the middle of obedience. Paul and Silas faced the same thing. After all, you know, Jesus did tell us that in this world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, stuff's going to happen. Problems are going to come. This life wasn't made to just work out just right. This life is affected by sin and the fallen nature and the sinful nature and, and, and just the evil that's in the world. Our world is formed by those things. And Jesus said, you know what, don't sweat it. You know, in this world, you're going to have stuff like this. But be of good cheer. Why? Say it with me. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, blessed are people when the insults come and the persecutions come and and things are said falsely all kinds of evil things against you because you are mine jesus said those very words in matthew 5 11. yet the holy spirit in spite of all of this and weaving all of this together had an agenda going on and you know what paul could have interrupted this he not only was a preacher and a follower of christ but he was a Roman citizen. Remember that about Paul? Paul was a Roman citizen, and based on his citizenship, he could have spoken up, and most of that punishment and beating could have been avoided. And probably between the verses of 21 and 22, probably would have been a good place for him to do that. You know, the city's going in an uproar, it says there, and and then the, before the crowds join into an attack, that would have been a good place to inter, inter, insert, you know, verse 21b. And Paul speaks up and says, well, wait a second, I'm a Roman citizen. And we don't know why exactly he didn't speak up. You know, did he speak up? Didn't he speak up because he didn't have an opening and a place to do so? Or, or didn't he speak up because the Holy Spirit had another agenda going on? The Holy Spirit was doing something else there. You know, holding your tongue when you're accused or holding your tongue when you could be taken away or holding your tongue when speaking up for yourself could protect you and yourself, you know, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was moving in that situation to keep Paul right in line with his agenda Paul could have been self-serving. He could have protected himself. He could have spoken up, kept his tongue. They hauled him away. Sounds a little bit like Jesus, doesn't it? And he spoke not a word, the scripture says, and they took him away to be crucified. Why? The Holy Spirit has an agenda. The Holy Spirit has a plan, and he's working it out, even in the middle of difficult times. So first of all, that's the Spirit's agenda. Second of all, the power of the Spirit's song. First, the power of the Spirit's agenda. Second, the power of the Spirit's song. Verse 
5, when we were reading there, notice it was late at night, about midnight. It was about midnight. A lot of time had passed. And they were in this dark and damp prison, and really nothing was probably happening except complaining, maybe some coarse joking among the prisoners. You know, most of us in this room don't know what happens in a prison at midnight. Never been there. This was a dark and a cold and an isolated place, and here were Paul and Silas, feet in stocks, probably very painful, arms in chains, probably chained to the walls, in pitch black, no nightlight, plugged into the wall, just dark, just cold, it may be wet. And in what condition were they? They were hurting and they were bleeding and they were wounded and their bodies were bruised. I'm sure they were hungry and they could have been thirsty and they were just worn out. And wouldn't you think this kind of treatment would have caused Paul and Silas to just go, wah, 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 wah. Life's so hard. Things are so bad. All we were doing was speaking up for Jesus. I mean... All we were doing was setting that girl free. I mean, we were, we were doing God's stuff. And what in the world's happened here? I just can't believe it. We're stuck in this place, this cold cell. It's dark. What's going to happen to us? What are they going to do to us? What's our future about? You know, we don't see anything like that in the narrative. Why? Because Paul and Silas were gems? Oh, they were gems. But because the God of Paul and Silas, the Holy Spirit, was living inside of them. And when things got dark and things got painful, you begin to hear, Oh God, the God of our Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, we praise you today. We pray, Lord, for those that have imprisoned us. We pray that the gospel will advance. We pray that the name of Jesus would be glorified in this prison through us tonight. We pray for those on the outside of these walls that need to hear the name of Jesus. We lift up his name. We glorify his name. Pastor Cindy, how do you know they were saying those words? I don't, but they were praying. They were praying. Why were they praying? Because the Holy Spirit of God was filling them. And the circumstances around them didn't dictate to them what was coming out of their mouths. The Spirit of God living in them was dictating what was coming out of their mouths And they were doing the Spirit's agenda. And the Spirit was moving by power through them in a situation that looked so bleak and so hard and so difficult. And they prayed and they prayed. And then maybe you might have heard something like this. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. I worship his holy name. I'll sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship his holy name. That was Silas. He didn't know who that second person was. I don't know who started the song. I don't know if they started on the same note and the same word, or I don't know if somebody knew the harmony or somebody knew the melody, or I don't even know if those guys could even carry a tune. Who knows if Paul and Silas were singers or not? 
But you know what? It didn't matter. Because the Spirit was putting a song through them. And they weren't singing because it was daylight. And they weren't singing because they were feeling good. And they weren't singing because their body wasn't bruised and they had perfect bodies and strong bodies. They weren't singing because they knew they were coming out of the prison in the morning. They didn't know any of that. They didn't know where the direction that this was going to go. They didn't know if the crowds were going to overrule the magistrates the next day. They, they didn't know what was going to happen. And you know what? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's up ahead. But we know the Spirit who gives the song. And we can sing because of the Spirit moving in us and living in us and filling us and empowering us today. We don't have to have the circumstances lining up around us. We don't have to have this nation going in the right direction. We don't have to have the income at a certain level. We, we don't have to have certain members of our family doing things that we think that they need to be doing. We don't have to have our family life lined up and perfected. We don't have to do all of that. We just need to have the Spirit of God singing through us when it's midnight and when it's dark and when life is kind of difficult. Just like Paul and Silas, why are they so, such great men? They're great men because the Spirit of God was singing through them and living through them. The Holy Spirit not only had another agenda going on, but the Holy Spirit brings a song. The Holy Spirit brings a song. Oh, Pastor Cindy, I'm not a singer. You know what? I know who are singers in here and who are not. I, I've stood by most of you in a church service or something, you know. I know who are singers and who are not. And some of you who are singers, you need to get in the choir. I'll just do a little commercial right here. <clears throat> and I could call some of your names, and some of you would say, oh, Pastor Cindy, I don't, I don't really sing that well. Well, you know what? There are some choir members that don't sing that well either. <laughs> just kidding. Talk to AJ afterward, and he can give you some names. It, it's not about that. Well, we're just so performance-oriented in America, you know? We've got to be able to sing good. Oh, no. Where does the scripture say? All those with wonderful voices, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord, all ye lands. I, I don't see any of that. Be, why? It's not an issue of the throat. It's an issue of the heart. A song is of the spirit. It's not a song of the voice. It's a song of the spirit. Is the spirit living in you? Then there's a song. There's a song. And you know what? Songs are meant to be sung. There's no good. I, have you ever tried to hold a song inside of you? Love that song. What song is it? Love the song. Love it. It blesses me. Well, could you bless me with it too? Songs are meant to be sung. And you know, Paul and Silas could have just hunkered down in the corner and went, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Take the harmony here. Worship his holy name. No, that wasn't the right part, but we'll sing it again. You can get it right. You know, they, they, weren't, they weren't doing things like that. In fact, it says, didn't you see it there in the scripture? It says, the other prisoners were listening to them. So they weren't cowardly singers here they were bold singers and they were just letting it fly you know what i would love it if you would come to church next week and let it fly i mean sing it out let the spirit sing the praises of god through you music is meant to be expressed and sung the spirit of god moving in you is to be released and blessed 
by the Lord. I just encourage you, don't come to church and think, I'm not much of a singer. We know, we know, I know. And I'm telling you, let it fly. Sing it out. Knock us off on the front row. And just like, what's going on back there? The people of God should be singing the praises of God with the Spirit of God. Amen? I'm going to try that again. Amen? Okay. I try to only coax you on the good things. So the power of the Spirit's song. You know what? God knows what time it is. You know? Luke didn't write these words because he needed to remind the Holy Spirit what time it was when they started singing and praying in the prison. You know what? God knows what time it is. He knew it was midnight. He knew it was the darkest and deepest despairing place. He knows all that. You know what? He knows when it's midnight for you. He knows midnight. God's not threatened by midnight. God's not, oh, you know what? If it was three in the afternoon, I I could do something. You know what? I'm light, and I work in the daylight. Sorry, you're in midnight. Oh, the brilliance of the light of God is so much brighter in the midnight. Then at three in the afternoon, you probably can't even see the light. Remember, God knows midnight. He knows the midnights in your life. Look what happened at this midnight. God can work in your midnight, too. He has an agenda that's going on in your life. God knows where his children are. He knew the location of Paul and Silas because they were in prison. They weren't wiped off God's location board, his whiteboard. Oh, we just draw a line through Paul and Silas there in prison. I don't, I don't do prisons. You know? God knows where his children are, and he knows what time it is. And when the Spirit fills us... He gives us a song, and when the song is sung, something happens. Do you know music changes atmosphere? Have you ever experienced that? Music changes atmosphere. Now, I'm going to do a 15-second pastoral commercial. When When I move to the other sides of the pulpit, I'm off my notes, and I'm bringing you a commercial. So I'm bringing a commercial word. What music is creating your atmospheres? It's not just spiritual music that creates an atmosphere. All music create an atmosphere. Now, I won't get into what music and what atmosphere. I think you're bright enough and know enough to figure that out. I'm just saying that you, some of you, need to change your atmosphere in your home, in your car, on your iPad, on your iTunes list, however you're you're working it out. Because what you're pumping into your life is creating an atmosphere. There's an atmospheric change when we move from spiritual music to other types of music. Now, I'm not a legalist, and I'm not going to say certain stations on your radio need to be mixed. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying that music creates atmosphere. Perfect picture, Acts 16. What happened in Acts 16 was directly related to the atmosphere that Paul and Silas created in a very, very hard place. If you're in a very hard place, affect your atmosphere with your music. Affect your atmosphere with your music. Okay, my commercial's over, and I know that it was more than 15 seconds, so don't tell me about that after church is over.
Not only are you affected, but all the people around you are affected. And others were listening, it says right here. And they weren't listening passively. They were being affected by what they were hearing. And so in your world too, moms and dads, your children are being affected by what you're pumping into the atmosphere. It's important. It's important. And Paul and Silas were pumping praise into their atmosphere. And we know what happened. We know what happened. Those prison doors opened. There was an earthquake. Things started shaking. Change started coming. Things started moving. Why? The Spirit was moving. The Spirit was moving. He was working. He was starting to change things up. You need things to change up? Change your atmosphere. You need things in your life to change up? Change your atmosphere. The power of God through praise and through music and through worship. In fact, this whole episode, this whole event brought people to salvation. Let me give you a little, a little truth here. Your hardship under the Spirit's agenda may be bringing somebody else to salvation. Have you ever thought of it that way? Oh, Lord, just get me out of this. This is a hard. This is a bad situation. I don't like it. Please change it up. I wish I was doing something else. I wish I was living somewhere else. I wish this relationship was something else. We're always looking for the exit door. And we can see it this morning. That's good, John Rylander. Happy for that. We're always looking for the exit door. Get me out. But what if your hardship is bringing salvation to someone else? Isn't that amazing? Paul and Silas's hardship brought people to Jesus. So unless you want to squirm out too quickly, remember, the Holy Spirit's power has an agenda going on in your life, and it may include someone else's salvation. We saw it here. This was an amazing event. This was an amazing event. This is a good sign. I'm closing my Bible. You know what? But no more amazing than what the Spirit can do through you or through me. This is inspired Holy Writ. This is the Word of God. This was written under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This was the early church. These were the apostles. Does it make it special? Oh, indeed. It makes it very special. But it doesn't make it unique. It doesn't make it above us. Something that we cannot enter into ourselves. Because the Holy Spirit is alive today, and he's working in his body, and he's working in his church. And he's speaking, and he's moving, and he has power. He has power to affect our situations, and he has power to work through our situations. He has power. The question isn't, is the Holy Spirit up for something? The question is, are we? The Holy Spirit, he's ready. He, you know what? He knows the time clock. He's watching the events on the earth. He's under the direction of the Father. And he knows time continues to get shorter and shorter and shorter. We're closer today to the day of Christ's return than we've ever been before. We're closer than we were yesterday. We're closer. And Jesus is going to return. And so the Holy Spirit has work to do on the earth. And he's looking for his people to move through and speak through and work through. But it's up to us. 
How much do we want to be filled by the Holy Spirit? How much do we want him to speak through us and use us and love through us and bring the supernatural God to people, to bring salvation to people? That's really the question as I close this whole time of teaching and preaching on the Holy Spirit. It's really the balls in our court. How yielded will we be? How open will we be? Or will we hide behind our fears and just say, you know, I've got this line and, you know, I I just can't, you know, I just got to stay here and love Jesus on this side of the line. And you know what? The Lord says, that's wonderful. Love me from that side of the line. I love you too. But he also says, because I went away, I sent you another comforter. There was one that baptized you with water, but there will be one that comes and baptizes you with fire. And that Holy Spirit is still available to us, but it's up to us. Let's pray. Hey, Jay, I'm going to ask you if you would come and just play quietly for a little while here as I just ask a few questions. And I'm going to ask everyone just to close their eyes and bow their heads and just allow the Holy Spirit, who he's the one that speaks and he's the one that draws. This is really about him in this moment and what he has to say. I'm done. I'm done speaking. I've brought you what I have believed has been God's word you and to me and I believe God is imploring his people he wants so much for his children to be a part of a glorious church a radiant church a powerful church a spirit filled church not an apathetic church not an ordinary church but the church of the living God victorious and strong bringing salvation and healing and blessings and miracles to those that need Christ so much in this world. I want to tell you, my friends, we can't do it in our own strength. We don't have it. And you know what? On that day, Paul was probably the most learned man, the most intelligent man. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel and he learned He knew the word. He knew the Old Testament. In fact, he's written for us the majority of the New Testament. He knew theology up and down. He wrote Romans for us. Oh, Paul was filled with the word, and he was filled with knowledge and intellect. But it wasn't knowledge and intellect that got him out of the prison that day. It was the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So I encourage you today. I encourage you. I I urge you. Don't live on the other side of the line. Be a lover of Jesus and, and faithful. And those things, my friend, are wonderful. But there's more. There's more. The Holy Spirit wants to come in a flood to flood your life, to move in your life, to speak in your life to bring power to your life that you've never known before. Power that will break addictions and and habits and things that you just struggle with every day. Where will you get victory over those things? It's the Holy Spirit of God. He's the one that does those things. But we have to say, Holy Spirit, come. 
and invade my life. Holy Spirit, come in power and move in my life in such a way that I am walking in supernatural strength and power. I'm weak on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm talking because I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to your spirit today. How do I know, Pastor Cindy? You're, you feel that tug on the inside? You feel, you feel like, wow, she's, she's talking to me. That, that's, that's me. I just want to say this morning as I'm talking, if that's you, I want you to come and join me at the front this morning. I want you to come and join me. You can never open up your heart to the Holy Spirit too much. Too many times. Well, I've gone to the altar before. I've stood at the front of the church. I've had prayer. You know what? Come again. If the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart and tugging on your heart, he has more for you. He has more for you. He has something deeper to do in your heart and your spirit. Would you come? Would you come? I'm opening wide my heart. I'm opening wide my spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I want your power. I want the power of God that was in Paul and Silas that day that will help me to sing in the midnight hour that will change the atmosphere in my world, that will cause me to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and enjoy the power of the Spirit and to let the power of the Spirit touch the listeners around me. That's what I want. The Holy Spirit's power. I know I should be up there, but I just, oh, if I stand up and come forward, what are the people around me going to think? It doesn't matter. If I stand up and come forward, someone might think that I'm not filled with the Spirit. You know what? Filling is something that happens over and over and over and over again. The Word says... Be filled and continue being filled with the Holy Spirit. congregation we stand i'm going to close in prayer and uh, you may be quietly dismissed at the end of this prayer and i'm going to ask you just to allow this space to be reverent so that we can continue on to to pray together father thank you for your holy spirit thank you for speaking to us again lord and I just pray, Father, in your grace and your patience and your kindness that, Lord, you'll continue to speak. We're certainly not deserving, but we're glad that you do. And so I pray that you'll just continue to speak. Before I say amen, 
we're just going to be here to pray for a few minutes. I'm not going to take a long time. You're going to have time for lunch. You know what? Life goes on. But a moment with the Spirit of God could mean everything to you. Could mean everything to you. So go with your people, Lord, and, and bless them, we pray in Jesus' name.